The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, joined today by James Anderson, lead prospect writer over at rotowire.com. Going to be, James, going over your latest overhaul of the top 400 prospect rankings. Um, but first, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Gavin Lux, because that stash, you know, it's rare for stashes to pay off this late in the season, but uh, looks like he's going to be playing close to every day, and that assignment to top the order really shows uh, how much faith they have in him already. Yeah, I'm really glad that the Dodgers did the right thing uh, with giving Lux his big league debut in 2019 rather than playing service time games. I think that that's a, you know, it might not seem like a big deal, but I, I think it is a a big deal just in the grand scheme of things to have a, a team that's very payroll conscious, even in a big market like the Dodgers, to go ahead and uh, put their best team on the field rather than than jerking this kid around. So really happy to see him up. Um, you know, second base was always going to be his spot. Any notions of the shortstop 
logjam being an issue was was just not understanding the situation. He's not a great defensive shortstop. He's uh, you know defense is probably the worst part of his game, honestly. And and it's he's a guy that earlier in his career dealt with the throwing yips a little bit. So second base is a, is a perfect fit for him. And even once. Max Muncie comes back I think it'll be pretty easy for them to find a way to keep him in the lineup most days yeah I think he'll probably force their hand if I had to say so <clears throat> but yeah it's cool to see him not a ton of prospects coming up who I expect to make a big impact like it'll probably be Lux and then the rest of the pack but anybody who caught your eye I know you added Seth Brown kind of not really a prospect but saw you and Ian picked him up for three bucks in RDI yeah that was all Ian I had a bigger bid in on sam hilliard that we lost i i like sam hilliard a lot um so i he's a guy that i I think you should add and at least start him when the rockies are at home uh but yeah i i agree it's it's kind of everyone that's semi-exciting came up a couple weeks ago other than lux yeah, I was happy to get Lux for uh, six bucks and tout head to head, and you had him stashed for a while. You're making quite a, a surge in stake league. I, I'm, I'm trying to jinx you. Um, I'm, put put an X on you. I'm really uh, feeling good about my chances of finishing between second and fourth place in pretty much all my leagues. Really, that's good. I, I you notice I said second and fourth place. Well, still. I, like, I, I'm, it's in the I'm, cash. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to cash and win maybe zero leagues. I was really hoping to uh, pull it out in this uh, main event qualifier, you know, 15 teams. I think it was a 120 entry. Uh, falling down to third, though, as of today. And that's really painful because that's the league. You know, to turn 120 into 1,700 main entry. Uh, that's Are you I, still in it, I though? I mean, I'm still in it, but. Losing points, hemorrhaging points. Had that Cal Quantrill uh, disaster earlier this week. But let's get into your top 400 update, James. Is this kind of the last major update before the end of the the regular season? Well, it's the last major update of the calendar year. Yeah. it's uh, There's not really going to be a ton that uh, happens between now and spring training that uh, would – significantly impact any of these rankings and i you know basically i at the end of the minor league season i try to have a fully updated top 400 that people can work off of uh when they're trying to make like sort of last minute ads and and bolster their farm system before they're not allowed to pick guys up anymore but then the entire off season i'll be you know really diving deep on all these guys and the the list that you see in the magazine next year the list you see up on the site in you know february march it's going to look a lot different from this list because i'll have plenty of more time to you know dive in on these guys plus you'll have you know the arizona fall league will inevitably impact some of the values of these players and then you know you just kind of a full off season stuff's going to change you know there's going to be guys that uh move up or move down without having played a single game between now and uh, spring training of next year, just because I'll have more time to go in on these guys. But it is a, a fully updated list, the best I could do uh, over the past week or so. And yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, it's it's a general kind of framework of what next season's top 400 is going to look like. And of course, as you look at the list, you can see the risers and fallers. Uh, one green arrow up, the guys who've moved a little bit. Two green arrows, of course, uh, the bigger movers, 
Same with the the red big we al- fallers. We also have the player. plus arrow or the plus symbols now for guys that were nice. added to the list on this last update. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways of kind of quickly uh, pinpointing guys that you might want to take a look at. So yeah, the minor league season's wrapping up. You know, we'll be doing our thing with the day to day here through the end of September, then right into the magazine. And uh, yeah, the the next real list will be the one for the magazine. So it'll be fun. Um, Man, a lot to, you know, I'm thinking about the season ending and I'm looking forward to it, but really we're going to have to get started on the mag like right when the season ends. Uh, maybe some things you tweak at the Fall League, but uh, I was glad to hear that the Fall League not using the Big League Baseball this year, so I won't, you know, fall head over heels for a, a Vlad Jr. again, get a little drunk on the uh, the the ball off the bat, although Vlad was 116 even with the old ball, so... Um, I do think that's kind of interesting that just maybe keep keep offensive numbers down a little bit in the fall league. We will not be seeing the AAA slash major league ball. Uh, we'll start today, James. Jazz Chisholm back on the rise. He was kind of been up and down, then back up again. Really fair and well since joining the the Marlins organization. Um, I think you may have. I mean, I'm not saying he lost faith, but he had some doubts about the hit tool and the average still looks bad. But do you think he will? hit, say, 240-250 at the big league level? Yeah, at, I think at least. Um, I think he's just a guy that's going to have a lot of swing and, swing and miss in his game, uh, but will also be able to uh, you know, make improvements year over year to the point where, you know, I think of guys like Javi Baez and Trevor Story as kind of, you know, examples of players who just had a ton of swing and miss in their game when they first broke in, but were still able to do a lot of damage. And then eventually they just kind of started making contact at, at pretty acceptable clips. And I think that that'll be what happens with Jazz. Uh, he had just been kind of in a holding pattern all season because the strikeouts were pretty rough. The batting average was pretty rough. Uh, but the the power and the speed and even the walks were were there, and then he seems to have kind of uh, finally hit his stride, I guess, at at this level, which uh, was an aggressive assignment for him in the first place. So um, feel pretty good about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, good way to end his season. I mean, overall numbers look bad, but really something clicked. It seems like after he came over in that trade. This one makes me sick to my stomach. Jeter Downs up to 38. Two green arrows next to Jeter Downs. He was, of course, part of that deal to get, uh, you know, all those impact big leaguers like Alex Wood. Um, <laughs> so much impact. Kyle Farmer. What what impact. Puig did have a great run. That was fun. But seeing them mortgage the future for, for those guys and trading Downs, uh, it's, it's bad, but I do think you have to tip your cap to the Dodgers player development because there's no lock that Downs would have developed into this player if he'd remained with the Reds. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to note that it you know you can never say that a player was definitely going to be the player they became if they'd stayed in their original organization. And in the Reds' case, he probably wouldn't have. Yeah, and, and Josiah Gray, who they also traded in that deal, he's a top 100 guy. Uh, you know the Dodgers have done really well developing both of those guys. Uh, Downs, you know specifically, you know he he didn't hit for the highest average over the first couple months, 
but he's just been an absolute monster uh, since around June, and I think he's just really good at everything. I think he's it's it's obviously we we mentioned this with the Dodgers a lot. It's an embarrassment of riches because he's a middle infielder. They already have Corey Seager and Gavin Lux, so who knows where uh, they fit Downs in? But I mean, he's athletic enough that he could play in the outfield he could be kind of a, a super utility guy like a chris taylor uh, kika hernandez or something like that um but you know for fantasy it's the the power and the speed and the fact that now it sort of seems like he's a guy that could hit 260 or 270 maybe maybe even a bit higher than that while stealing around 20 bases hitting 20 plus homers i mean there's there's just a lot of power speed upside to like there and this is a guy that was coming probably from like mid seventies uh, prior to this this most recent update, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know I continue to to flesh out the list in the off season and he he ends up being a bit higher than this even uh, in twenty twenty. Nice. Well, before we move on, a real quick note from our primary sponsor, Yahoo DFS. Yahoo has officially released their Week One Daily Fantasy Football Contest. They have a $1 million contest for week one with no management fee and $100,000 to first place, meaning more money goes back to you, the players. 10 entry max. You're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups like on other sites. Yahoo also has a $100,000 guaranteed contest. So there are lots of prizes out there for week one. If you're just getting started with daily fantasy football, join the free to enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. $150,000 in weekly and season-long prizes. And if you get a perfect lineup, you win $1 million. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Another guy with two green arrows up, Alec Bohm and uh, Brent Hershey. I, I appreciate him setting me straight on the, the pronunciation. I want it to be bomb, of course, but Bohm is really faring well. And I, we're going to get a chance to see him in the AFL, which typically means the guy's knocking on the door uh, you have a 2020 ETA. How early next year do you think we see this guy? Uh, you know, they don't really have a obvious spot for him. It, you know, especially with Scott Kingery playing so well. Maybe that maybe Kingery's in the outfield or um, you know, that I mean there's ways that they could find room for him, but uh, I think if he has a really impressive AFL, we could see him in first couple months of the year um but i mean he might he might not be up until june or july uh you know not a not a finished product necessarily defensively uh so there's there's stuff that he could work on but yeah i've just been really impressed with his ability to get to his power and make contact at a an elite clip for a six five corner infielder i mean you you almost never see guys that size with that type of raw power striking out less than 15 percent of the time and you know with making multiple stops in that year like starting at low a finishing at double a and never really uh striking out at a non-elite clip so that's that's been really impressive um you know i think he's better probably than his 216 average at double a uh would show as well so interested to to get eyes on him for sure in the the afl uh but yeah that's one where i was uh it looks like i was pretty wrong about uh him uh before the draft and uh last off season 
Well, you can't get them all right, James. And um, I think you have a pretty good hit rate, as is. But yeah, Boehm, surprising a lot of people, not just yourself. Uh, By the way, any other prospects that have been announced for the Fall League that you're particularly interested in seeing live? Uh, I just really want to see uh, Forrest Whitley, Royce Lewis. Um, I think there's another guy too. Uh, Is Kalenic going to be there? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm talking about guys that like I specifically. Oh, really yeah. want to see. I got. I I just want to see Whitley and Lewis, like guys that I think are really tough to rank right now, um, and just kind of see if anything has sort of changed with them that would maybe worry me a little bit. You know, because it's it has you know down statistical years for both of those guys, and I right now have full confidence in them still becoming uh, the players that I expect them to become. But uh, you definitely still want to get eyes on them after a down year like this and just sort of see how it looks. Yeah, pretty good roster so far. I mean, I guess they've announced full rosters, but they're doing the countdown. At first, I was a little underwhelmed, but really a pretty stacked. Group of prospects, as usual, for the Fall League. Uh, Aristides, good to see him on the rise. Still prospect eligible, technically up to 49. Going to be one of the toughest players to evaluate for for rankings next year. Um, Seems like you're buying in for the most part, although this uh, ranking reflects some trepidation. Well, he wasn't on the top 400 like three (laughs) weeks ago, so... Well, I, still. This is about I mean, as high as I like could. Twenty or something. I I couldn't do that. You could do it. <laughs> um, Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I I I don't know what to say. I I can't wait till he loses his prospect status. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like I don't even think of him as like a prospect in the traditional sense, just because of uh, where he's at in his career and how old he is and everything. So. Not the type of guy that I enjoy ranking, and I am very anxious to be able to remove him from that list. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And really, he's, you know, he did not look good in past uh, auditions, like in spring training. I remember thinking, like, this guy's not much. Uh, But adding that leg kick, getting that wider stance has really changed everything for Aquino. We'll see what he's able to do down the stretch. Uh, Ian Anderson, the first big faller we'll talk about. Uh, down to 57, he's had some real control issues uh, he did at AAA before the end of that season. Um, 21 years old, though. Do you think this is kind of an aberration, what we've seen lately, or do you think these issues with walks will persist? Uh, you know, I talked about him with uh, Chris Welsh when I was on his podcast last week, and I just I don't really – you know, on the one hand, you can point to – the command having a ways to go before he profiles as a guy that you could imagine being a number two starter in the big leagues. But on the other hand, he's what, like 21 years old. Like, I mean, he's so much younger than uh, most of the other pitchers that are kind of ranked around him. Uh, You know, Sixto Sanchez is young. Luis Patino is young, but uh, for the most part, the guys in that area of the list are like three years older than him, four years older than him. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that there's – he could spend April, May, June of next year back at AAA working on some stuff and could still end up being a, a really solid big league starter, but he's definitely not a finished product. Uh, the stuff is really good. I mean, I, I love the body. 
I love uh, just sort of how he's continued to develop uh, with, you know, getting his stuff to the point where he, he legitimately profiles near the top of a, a big league rotation. I mean, back when they selected him with the third overall pick a few years ago, that was like a money-saving pick, and he was sort of a mid-rotation starter type of guy. Uh, but he's been been way better than that, um, and he, he's shown an ability to improve. So the, the command can still get better. It's just it's not where it needs to be right now. So very difficult player to rank. Another follower in that same organization, the Braves, Christian Pache. Is that how it's pronounced? Pache. Um, down to 73. And really, look at his track record. He's only at one stop at an OPS over 800. OPS is flawed. But um, are you just becoming a little skeptical that there's not that impact, a major league impact in his bat? I've always been pretty skeptical about that with, with him. Uh, you know, hit tool is the worst tool for him. Uh, the speed is really good, uh, defensively. I think it's really good, maybe going first to third, but I think he struggles to get up to that top gear quick enough for him to be, uh, as successful as you might expect on the bases. Yeah. Caught more times than he's been successful this year. Yeah. I mean, I think he can, I think he can get to 20 plus homer power, uh, but I don't think he can get to that power and hit for a high average at the same time. I think it, it, you know, he kind of has to choose one or the other and I expect him to, uh, try to hit home runs probably near the bottom of that lineup, if not at the absolute bottom of the lineup. And he'll be up, I think for most of next year, just because of his defense. But, you know, they also have drew waters who is, I think a better all around prospect uh maybe you could say that the defense is such a separator that uh, they're close in real life but i just you know there's so many good prospects in the top 100 if i don't love a guy's bad he's not going to rank very highly yeah a couple teenagers among the <coughs> risers in the 70 range noel v Marte, jeremiah jackson uh, Marte not playing an affiliate well not in um, like full season or even rookie ball, DSL. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson, though, putting up pretty impressive numbers. 23 homers and uh, is 247 at bats, 615 slug. You still like Marte a little more, though? Yeah, I mean, Marte's got more five-category upside. Jackson, obviously the power has been really impressive, but it's it's still the Pioneer League, and he still was a guy who they chose to help to to hold back uh like jordan adams who was taken in the same draft class he was given an aggressive assignment to low a and jackson was not uh so i mean that that's worth you know considering i mean the power has just been crazy for him and it's 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 tough to know what to do when a guy just goes that crazy but when it's in a a hitter friendly league and you know he's age appropriate I think there's there's probably a, a good good amount of noise in that production, and and he certainly was striking out a lot too. So really interested to see how he does at low A next year. But it's pretty rare for a guy his age to hit that many homers, no matter what the environment is. Yeah, or Elvis Martinez, another teenager in that seventy to eighty range. He's up to seventy nine. Uh, another riser on the pitching side, Clark Schmidt. I just got him in the RDI for zero. 
think at the time he was down closer to 200. He was in that 100 to 200 range. Why have you bumped Clark Schmidt up even higher? Oh man, I was I was asleep at the wheel on that one. I didn't realize he was available in RDI. Um, yeah, you know, having to move guys who were called up out of your minor league spots, blessing in disguise for me. <laughs> Putting in a lot of time on Sunday to make sure I had a legal lineup. Getting a guy like Schmidt's a pretty nice uh, little reward for my efforts. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, I thought he would actually get promoted to AA sooner than he did, uh, but he's been really impressive you know at times at, at high a he was really impressive as well uh the fastball slider combo i mean the slider you know he's probably got one of the best sliders in the minors uh you know i think when he's locating his fastball he can just be completely dominant and you can kind of look at his game log and there's certain games where you can just tell that he he had it all going and that's when you know hitters don't really have much of a chance he's had it I'll go in his last two starts at double a two scoreless outings, zero walks and just five hits combined in those, those two outings. So, uh, you know, I think he's, he's a guy that this was his first full year back from Tommy John surgery. I think next year you could see him take even another step forward, uh, maybe start to work on that change up a little bit. Um, you know, maybe he gets to the big leagues sometime next summer. I mean, he's one of the few guys like the Yankees have so many, interesting pitching prospects but a lot of them are just either extremely risky or maybe leave a little bit to de- to be desired in the upside department or you know just a lot of bullpen risk schmidt i think is the one of all the guys in that system where i'm the most confident in like he's a just a no doubt starting pitcher and probably a, a pretty decent one like you know number four starter at worst maybe a number three maybe a number two and that team's going to win a lot of games for the foreseeable future. So it's it's not an ideal division, obviously, not an ideal home ballpark. But you know he's going to rack up a lot of wins if he can stick in that rotation for a while. Yeah, the numbers at Double A really pretty crazy two three seven zero seven nine. Uh, and yeah, you mentioned the lost development time due to Tommy John, but he's twenty three. And yeah, one of the few guys, you know, Davey Garcia as well, uh, with some of these older veterans clearing out probably in the next few years in that rotation going to be openings for some of these guys. And Davey Garcia, by the way, uh, Aaron Boone saying that they uh, he's still developing in a lot of ways, going to stay at AAA through the AAA playoffs. Just a little update on Davey Garcia. I do expect to see him still a little bit later, but um, fantasy impact probably pretty limited, don't you think, for, for Davey Garcia? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, this if, year. He, if he comes up this year, it's, it's in a relief role. Okay, so. yeah. Uh, maybe as a... Like follower, like a bulk guy, not true bulk, but maybe he could fall into some wins, but not really a guy I'm looking to. Yeah, maybe they could like piggyback him and Loy yeah. Seager or something like that. Yeah, we'll see, but more so looking ahead to 2020 for him and maybe Clark Schmidt. Maybe we'll see him as well. Nick Solak right behind Clark Schmidt. And this has kind of been about a similar range to where he was, uh, but trending back upward given that he's, you know, bad at cleanup for this team and having quite a bit of success early on. Yeah, do you think he – I mean, is he an everyday player for them in, in 2020? I think so. Because, well, what's Shinsu Chu's status? Not that it really matters, but – Well, he's um, been good this year. Well, he's been good, but I just – I don't know if that would impact Solak's playing time directly. Um, 
not a free agent until after next year, too. But I just think they kind of want Solak DHing here and there, not not every day in the field. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, he can play a little corner outfield, and then you know, I think it's more of just like what what do they do with Rugnet Odor next year? Like, is yeah, he, that's the big question. Is he the opening day second baseman? I mean, that's that contract extension. I mean, we I always am like, why are these players taking these bad deals? But sometimes you see a situation like Odor, and it's like, good on you, young man. You at least got paid before uh, things fell apart. So yeah, I mean, he got the same type of extension as Ozzy Albies. Right? right, yeah. And, like, Ozzy Albies was the one where everyone was just like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, yeah. But, yeah, with Odor. Ozzy Albies is a better player than Odor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that- at the same time, there are examples both ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Hilliard, you mentioned, he's on the rise on the list. And, of course, getting a look now. 25 years old. Um, you know, I thought when he first got the call, I was like, all right, yeah, Sam Hilliard, that's nice. But I, I'm going to be getting Dahl back next week. Uh, never assume anything with David Dahl in his injury rehab. But I think there is a path here for Hilliard to play pretty much every day against righties. Well, yeah, and we're we're outside the top 100 at this point. I yeah. have Hilliard at 132. And, you know, a guy with his power and speed that gets to play half his games in course field and is in the big leagues, you know, that – that's a top 150 prospect, even if there are significant concerns about the hit tool. Uh, if he's able to, and we, we've talked about Hilliard on plenty of other podcasts, uh, but he's he's younger in base like baseball hitter years than his age indicates. He he was converted from the mound uh, pretty late. I, I want to say like four or five years ago. Uh, so he's he's pretty new to just being a a full-time hitter and so i'm not as worried about his age you know the strikeouts are a concern but i think he could get better over the next couple years in that regard and you know you could have a below average hit tool in course field and and hit 250 so i think he's and he's a he's a asset in the field as well which cannot be said for guys like rymel tapia and ian desmond so I definitely think there's a an avenue for him to play a lot next year. Of course, it's the Rockies, so there's also an avenue for him to not play a lot. Yeah, that's always very real when it comes to the Rockies. Josh Rojas, Tony Gonsolin, some names we're familiar with, also on the rise. 135 for Rojas, 138 for Gonsolin. A lesser-known name on the rise, and this is another player I picked up on an RDI for $0 just the, the other week. How about that? Right. I'm just the best. Just ahead of the game. I'm just killing it. Uh, Jared Oliva. And now I don't know how much thump there really is in the bat. A sub 400 slugging percentage at double A, but 36 steals. And that's really the name of the game here with Oliva. And it's hard to find a guy with this kind of speed. And uh, you just have to think that, well, I, I hope and expect the Pirates to be pretty bad for a while. So hopefully Oliva's up next year and uh, manufacturing runs with that speed. Yeah. I mean, he's the bat is very much, you know, a question mark. Like what is he going to be able to do any damage at all against big league pitching? Uh, We'll see, but yeah, just like with Hilliard and, and a guy that's in the majors with power and speed in course field, a guy like Oliva who is in the upper levels and has 25 stolen base upside, you know that's that's going to get you ranked 
uh, somewhere in the top 200 or so uh, if I think there's a chance you can hit. And he's hit – look, I mean, he's hit above 265 at every stop. Uh, he's at a you know fairly age-appropriate level right now. I think AAA will be another test for him. But, you know, if he can just hit like 260 – 265 in the majors at the bottom of that lineup i think he could definitely steal 20 plus bases every year yeah i'm hoping so and it's just so hard to find i think you know if you're playing like head-to-head there's ways to kind of devalue the stolen base and make it kind of more reflective of how the game is today but if you're still playing five by five roto man anybody who could get you 20 bags uh is super relevant and oliva who knows, but I think he's worth speculating on in a league like that just to see maybe he's chipping in some bags for you next year. Um, also on the rise, James, is it Joan, or John Duran of the Twins? I, I can't pronounce. can't Joan, imagine that's Joan pronounced maybe? Joan. Um, I can't I, imagine that's pronounced Joan, but well, maybe. Let's hope so. <laughs> it's possible. He's really interesting. Um now, I know they talked about Gratterall maybe coming up and filling the bullpen role, but Duran, really a starter, and uh, numbers suggest he could be an option next year. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm just – I'm pretty lukewarm on him. Uh, this, this is kind of like a hedge ranking on him because I, I, I really don't like his delivery that much, uh, and I think that they're – uh, like it's just a really open delivery, um, but he's he's great at he's great at generating weak contact, and you know worst case scenario he's a high leverage reliever, uh, and I I definitely expect them to keep him working as a starter for a while. But I mean I'm I'm lower on Gratterall too, just because I think there's still durability issues there. I think he. You know what you have in him if you use him as a reliever, but I don't think you do know what you have in him if you try to get a big league season's worth of starts out of him because he's never shown anywhere close to an ability to log that many innings despite having a pretty big frame. Duran, you know, durability hasn't been an issue, but uh, I just I don't know. I don't I don't know if I love how it would play as a starter in the majors, but he's just been so successful this year that I I you know, kind of had to rank him. Somewhere in the top 200. Well, before we move on, FantasyDraft.com would like to bring you an important message about Rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time these fees, called Rake, can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More Rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But... Change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. You're now able to play your favorite contests without paying any rake. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contests rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft it's going to do for your bankroll. Register at fantasydraft.com today to take part in the rake free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven day trial. How many uh, fantasy football leagues are you in this year, by the way, James? I'm in three. Yes. I, I cut down to two this year. 
I thought I'd cut down to two. Uh, I thought that one of them was going to fold, and then I got a text a few days ago saying that it was oh, still on. That's brutal. And I was just like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but fortunately, it was only a $25 league, so I was able to just, you know, whatever. Nice, um, yeah. I got my big money league tonight. Uh, moving to a keeper league for the first time, and I got Saquon and Mahomes, 2QB. Uh, I'll find a way to mess it up. Though. What can't you, can, you do? You can add I know. prospects. It's insane. Just killing it in fancy pigs. Blow myself away. <laughs> um, but no, I promise you I will find a way to lose it. I have not won that league yet. Feeling like uh, Steve Young. Got the mon- <laughs> monkey on my back. But James, um, we talked about Oliva. Well, really quickly, uh, a guy two spots below Duran. Uh, Jalen Davis, who was traded to the Giants, uh, just got announced that he's getting promoted to the big league. So nice, uh, big power should be able to play pretty much every day for them. Uh, not a great park, obviously, but I think he's a guy that you could add in redraft leagues, even like fifteen teamers. I'd be pretty interested in Jalen Davis. Very nice. Yeah. By the way, we got notes on every call up. Great job by the office crew hitting all those. So you can get our thoughts on. Every player called up, although, again, as we talked about, not a ton of fantasy-relevant players coming up now. They've already been up for a while. But we talked about Oliva and the Pirates organization. He's on the rise. But Lolo Sanchez, another outfielder for Pittsburgh, he's on the, the fall here, down to 210. What's behind this fall? Because he's he's hit for average and really has pretty decent numbers this season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a tough guy to rank because he – it's not like he was a pop-up guy at the beginning of the year, but he uh, was coming off a terrible year and then got off to a crazy hot start at, at low A, and obviously there's there's tons of speed there, uh, which made him interesting. But he's been pretty terrible at high A, and it's the Florida State League. It's, it's a tough place to hit, but, you know, there are still guys. You know, you, you expect a guy to be – not great in the Florida State League, but I don't think you expect him to to hit below 200. And so, I mean, his his value's just down. I mean, he could he could certainly bounce back next year. I expect him to be sent back to high A to open the season. He's still just 20 years old. He's got speed. Uh, but you know, I mean, there's two of his three stops in full season ball have been pretty underwhelming offensive performances it's just this year's stop at low a was was pretty good so uh you know values down but still a guy that i would uh consider holding on to in dynasty leagues very nice i gotta ask you about this guy because i had him as a backup bid uh this past weekend when i was scrambling to add some prospects uh 25 years old though kai tom ah. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right K-A apostrophe A-I, last name Tom. Uh, mentioned the age. He's, he's old, but AAA, 298, 370, 564. Um, they just moved Naquin to the IL, but they did not bring up Kai Tom. So, you know, I guess he's – I guess the age is really the thing that makes people pretty skeptical, but there seems to be a lot to like here with Tom. Yeah, I I did add him in a dynasty league a week or two ago, uh, and he's someone that they have to add uh, to the forty man roster if they want to protect him from the Rule Five draft this off season. So I expect them to do that, and 
you know, if they don't, then obviously I think that's a pretty big red flag. Uh, but he's a really good defender. Uh, he makes highlight real catches out uh, in the outfield. You know, the the strikeout issues at AAA, given his age, are a little concerning, but he's walked at a pretty high clip. He's only 5'9", so, you know, pretty small strike zone. But he's really started to get to power this year, more power than he had in the past, and it was even before he got to AAA. You know, he had 14 homers, AA, ISO up over 200. So I think there's a a chance he could be a a high OBP, uh, 20-homer guy, you know, maybe get an everyday role in that outfield. They still have Daniel Johnson, who's waiting for a shot. Uh, Wonder kind of when they're going to pull the plug on Greg Allen – uh, playing really at all, Tyler Naquin, another guy. Where you're you going kind of wonder uh, how much more leash he has. So I think I think Tom could could factor into their situation next year. And you know he's he's basically big league ready, and he's had a really good year. So he's a guy that I'm interested in. I mean, I, you know, proximity matters, especially when we get into this sort of range of the rankings where we're we're past all the guys that have the crazy high ceilings with a chance for it to all work out. Uh, we're kind of into that range of just absolute lottery tickets and questionable older guys and that type of thing. So I think, you know, proximity has to count at, at this point of the list. Yeah, he's right there and not a guy I knew really anything about Kai Tom, but pretty, pretty interesting. You'd think given what they have in the outfield, I mean, I know they added Puig, but that's only through the end of this year. And they don't seem to want Fran Mill Ray as much in the outfield. Right. So it's it's Oscar Mercado, and then I think I I assume Daniel Johnson gets the the right field spot uh, pretty early next year. So then you you assume it's those two. Maybe maybe they give maybe they let Allen be the short side of a platoon with Johnson or something. But you know Mercado will play every day. Fran Mill will play hopefully every day at designated hitter, and that does leave a spot. Uh, in left field, I think. So I think there's a chance that Tom could could take that at some point in 2020. Yeah, I think somebody who will be completely off the radar for most people next year, but who could be uh, could be useful. Now, I'm seeing some of the additions to the list. Aaron Savali, he's up uh, added to 275. Hunter Harvey, who's been around forever, it seems like, but finally surfacing and pitching well to the bullpen. I think we'll probably see him close. Um, maybe even before the end of this year, but certainly think next year. Any other additions to the list that you want to mention? Yeah, I want to talk about the top addition I had, and this is this guy has just been a a nightmare for me to rank uh, for years now, and it's Luis Medina with the Yankees, who I added back to the rankings up at one thirty seven overall, which. I know that's, you know, how can a guy go from off the list to inside the top 150? Uh, I mean, it's a Aristides Aquino level uh, move by Medina, but he's always had one of the highest ceilings of all the pitchers in the minor leagues. Just, I mean, the the stuff is just ridiculous. Um, absolute number one starter type of stuff. He's just really, really, really struggled to command it. And, you know, that, that happened. Like, the more electric your arsenal is, it, usually the, the longer it takes for you to, to learn how to command it. And he's really turned a corner over the last, I don't know, eight or ten starts. 
and he's just he's got such a high ceiling that even if this is just a mirage, I'd rather get aggressive with believing that it's that it's real than just kind of continue to wait, you know, wait till next year, wait till May or June of next year and sort of see how real it is. I mean, he could re- he could really finish next year as like one of the top five pitching prospects in the minors or maybe even top three. So I felt like I had to get aggressive. I mean, he probably shouldn't have fallen off the list in the first place. I just, you know, I get so scared off by guys that can't throw strikes that uh, I maybe jump the gun on, on bumping him from the list. But, I mean, he's got an extremely high ceiling. So, yeah, Luis Medina with the Yankees is the biggest addition to, to the end-of-season update. Very nice. One last guy I want to ask you about on the pitching side. Uh, not a double arrow riser, but he does have a one green arrow. Brock Burke up to 244. I just want to ask you how he kind of compares in your mind to Colby Allard over the rest of the season because Allard's missing a ton of bats. Uh, not so much for Burke, but Burke's been has better numbers. So um, do you like Burke? quite a bit more than Allard yeah I I do I think that Burke has definitely has more upside um surprised by the case from Allard because I didn't think he was much of a K pitcher well he doesn't he doesn't throw hard at all I'm surprised by him too uh I mean we (laughs) I'm shocked that Allard has even had one good start in the big leagues uh since that trade let alone several (laughs) Uh, but Burke, you know, Burke's a, they're both lefties and Burke is awesome at generating ground balls. He's shown more of an ability to miss bats in the minors. Um, you know, I don't love either of them. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I can't remember where I have Burke, but I don't have him all that Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're with the Rangers, so that's not great. Uh, but if I had to bet on one of them being like a number four starter for a while, I think it would be Burke. Nice. Yeah, I think I added Allard a couple leagues for cheap just because I saw the Ks and the estimators on account of those Ks were pretty good, but I am going to be holding my nose for those starts. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I, I wouldn't feel good about starting either of them, and I, I think I have Burke and Stakely. I think he's coming up on a two-step, and he's one of those pitchers where the, the two-start week's more scary than the one-start week. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and I think that that could be, could be trouble, but it's an 18-team league, so what are you going to do? Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, you got to get – Got to get creative in a league like that, and uh, creative slash desperate. Also, we're late Same enough thing. in the year where I, you know, I think I could take like a, a blow up outing without it hurting me too much in terms of the ratios. Yeah, not a guy who's a riser, but Julio Rodriguez. I just keep seeing what kept seeing what he had done to close out the oh, year. He's, he's a six. Ri- he's a riser. I mean, he he was he just doesn't have an arrow, right? Yeah, I mean, he was I think like twelfth or thirteenth. Now he's up to six. I mean, I, I think it's you know very clear tier at number one with Wander Franco in his own tier. I think Joe Adele and Gavin Lux is a very clear tier of two guys, uh, two and three. And then I think Luis Robert, Drew Waters, Julio Rodriguez is a is a clear tier three of of three guys that I think you could prefer in in any order. I mean, I, I contemplated putting Rodriguez as high as four, uh, but he's it wasn't a proximity issue with him. It's just that Robert and Waters are definitely going to help you in stolen bases and Rodriguez definitely isn't. So it's just that the ceiling's a little capped in the sense that he's not going to provide stolen bases, but I mean, if we were if we were not factoring in stolen bases at all, 
you know, it might be it might be Franco one, Lux two, and Rodriguez three. I mean, it's just the, the stolen bases have to count. Yeah, that's smart. And um, yeah, just amazing. Kept hearing about you know through the va- through the grapevine what Julio Rodriguez had been doing, and not as big of a sample, but his numbers at high A as an eighteen year old. I mean, make Wander Franco look mortal. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, and. Dylan Carlson was a riser uh, up into the top 10. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's been talking about him too. He's he's up to seventh. And, you know, a lot of these guys, you kind of look at the top 10, uh, if you ignore – well, I mean, we're going to get to see Rodriguez in the, the fall league. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that he could be on a Juan Soto-esque fast track, so – Maybe he figures into the 2020 mix as well, but Carlson definitely does. And I think that, you know, redraft players aren't as zoned in on on guys like that. Uh, They're going to be all over, you know, Luis Robert because they've heard of him and everything. But, you know, Dylan Carlson, I think, is going to spend the vast majority of next year as an everyday player for the Cardinals. And he's he's a guy that I'd love to get as, you know, a a bench guy in a 15-team league. And finally, Kyle Tucker's up. It's kind of just not really important at this point because, well, the Astros just seem dead set on not playing him, although the injury to Springer uh, could could force him into the lineup. Just amazing that the number 11 prospect on your list gets called up, and it's just kind of like, well. Well, I don't think – I don't even know if it's mathematically possible, but I'd love it if he were able to – exhaust his prospect eligibility he needs um he needs what 70 63 at bats 64 at bats to to lose his prospect eligibility that'd be great i'd love it if you could get him 64 at bats astros yeah that that has to be just maddening to try to rank this guy because the skills are there but the opportunity just isn't just wrong organization to to get that playing time right away Oh, uh, well, didn't he have like? Didn't he go thirty thirty in the minors? That's insane. He did, but you know he was repeating triple A and was only thirteen percent better than the average PCL huh. hitter. I mean, it it he was better in twenty eighteen at triple A. I mean, he he was he played in more games, so he put up more counting stats. But I don't really know how you could argue he wasn't better last year. So uh, certainly not a guy who's trending in the right direction. Yeah, just weird. I mean, kind of an afterthought with September call-ups. Uh, great stuff, James. Check out his latest Top 400 Prospect update for yourself, com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. You can just hover over Prospects with your cursor there, Top 400. You can also sort by team, Top 30 by team as well. Uh, but, James, let's move on to the final segment of the show. We have our latest entry into the top commercial hip-hop jams, the – commercial songs we're still playing to this day and i got a good one here from really a a classic album before things really uh went off the rails for a little flip (laughs) the way we ball oh nice and here's a little prospect pod uh nugget easter egg maybe check out the lil wayne remix this is the way we (laughs) squad uh with i think who are some of the squad up members? I forget their names. Peanut and somebody else. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it was kind of like just some uh, his kind of mixtape group that he did stuff with between like the Carters. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this is the way we squad is a great remix. But this is the way we ball. I guess just called the way we ball off Underground Legend. 
still good. And um, Underground Legends still has some really good tracks that I get down with. Um, kind of a slept on album. Then he kind of talking commercial. He really sold out, and I uh, can't blame him. I'm never going to blame anybody for selling out, but you, well, you, you lose your street cred, and you lose cred with me. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you're you not going to blame anyone, but you will make fun of them on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you sell out, I'm going to have to take some shots at you, but it's all in good fun, and I get it. Although, never ever listen to Sunshine by Lil Flip. Good call. Uh, mine is, uh, I mean, talk about... Uh, a group that was just all about selling out. Uh, this this one uh, comes from the G Unit click, uh, and it's "How We Do" by Game and Fifty Cent. Hmm. Uh, this maybe another one that I just. It's it's going to be one of those where you play it and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. um, just like with that fabulous song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the record, Clay did know that fabulous song. He just didn't. I'm just not the type of person that's going to, like, sing a song oh, to try to get you to that. remember it. I, uh, I try not to. I'll say it, maybe. <laughs> say a line from it. But. but, yeah, I mean, How We Do by Game and 50 Cent. That was off of uh, the Game's debut album. I I still love that album. I will not be shy about the fact that I like uh, the Game's first couple albums. And, you know, I don't I don't even mind some of 50 Cent's early stuff. So So how about that? Hey, you know, I think what was his like most famous one? Um, Get Richard Atron. Yeah, I, I remember really bumping that. Not proud of it, but I'm bad. Uh, I don't it, think you have to. There's a there's a safe place for you. Yeah, that one that. is safe. I think because um, everybody was listening to to Fifty back then. But did I ever tell you when I went to a Fifty Cent concert? By the way, no. It's in um, I think it was in Raleigh, maybe North Carolina. My brother was in school. It's like a big stadium show, so I didn't have you know. It was probably like a mile away from him. He waited until like 1 a.m. to come on stage. It was a disaster. He's a big timer. He really big timed that <laughs> crowd. I don't appreciate it. But um, one song off Underground Legend, by the way, You See It, featuring Chameleonaire. Definitely check out that one, The Way We Ball, R.I.P. Screw, featuring Busy Bone. And might as well just check out the Underground Legend chopped and screwed version while you're at it. Uh, that'll do it for us. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you guys next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.